We've been talking about it for years, that moment when the MBTA is going to fall off a financial cliff. Well, it's here. No special pots of money left to hide a financial structure that just doesn't work. And that is forcing some really tough questions about the future of public transit in Greater Boston, such as how much service will you get? Will we be able to do anything new? that we want to do. So we're going to look at the numbers and with people who can make it both fun and interesting. Here are Jared Johnson, Executive Director of the advocacy group Transit Matters, Christian Milneal, Editor-in-Chief of Streets Blog Massachusetts, and Susan Susanna Bomey, Deputy Director at Community Labor United. Susanna, I'll say hi to you first because it's your first time on the show. Welcome. Thanks. So nice to be here. Great to have you, Jared. Welcome back. Of course. Thanks for having me. And Christian, welcome to you. Great to be here. Thank you. You're welcome. Christian, are you hearing me on your headphones now? I am. Excellent. So good, because my first question to you is, (laughs) how bad is it? Well, it's it's looking pretty difficult. And, uh, you know, the MBTA had a finance committee meeting a week ago where they really talked about the history of... Uh, their funding situation and how it hasn't been enough for actually a long time. The difference is now that they're uh, they're actually willing to talk about it and, and be honest with with us about their situation. But they're expecting a shortfall of roughly 150, 200 million this coming fiscal year. They're expecting to spend the remainder of their pandemic relief funding, which really papered over some big deficits the last four years. Uh, and after that, it's a big question mark. So the legislature and the governor are going to have to make some big decisions. And um, we also have this other situation, Jared. That's the the day-to-day, like the running of the household. Yep. And then you've got the roof that needs to be replaced and the, you know, the walls that need to be painted. That's the capital stuff. Right. And it turns out there's an increasing gap there, too. Absolutely. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about that. Right. You know, in the past, the the T has funded large projects typically through project-specific bonds. And so, you know, the T's capital budget has been, you know, pretty decent for the last few years, but that's because of South Coast Rail and because of the Green Line extension. And so as those Meaning projects... Meaning investments in new stuff. Exactly. Exactly. And so as those projects wind down, uh, the T's the capital sources um, for things like the giant state, state of good repair backlog or for, you know, new things like you know, electric bus garages or moving to an electrified commuter rail system or any number of expansions uh, that folks want to see in the system, the money for that is is extremely threadbare. It's just not there. So, Susanna Bomey, I'm just going to sort of illustrate that for just a second for folks. Um, we heard a few months ago the new uh, MBTA general manager, Phil Ang, say, listen, if we were going to really get everything working the way it should, when we hear state of good repair, that's what it means, right? Everything's working the way it should. It's going to cost about more than $24 billion to do that. Um, the T's most recent capital investment plan, that's all the stuff, you know, we're going to invest on stuff like the roof, right, and the boiler or whatever, right, the, the T equivalent of those things, is about $1.9 billion a year over the next five years. That's not $25 billion. So that's a big difference between those two things. Right. We're really going to need to get creative and think about how we can fund um, these needs. So we're looking on the operating side at shortfalls um, starting in a year. Um, and then again, on the capital, huge needs. So uh, we need to think about how we're spending the money to make the system functioning in a way that we really want to see. And we also need to think about the strong and adequate sources of, of revenue to make sure that can happen. We're here with Susanna Bomey, uh, Jared Johnson, and Christian Milneal, and we're looking at 
uh, this moment with the MBTA where, man, the numbers just don't work. And we now understand how much the numbers just don't work. And there's no more pandemic money to cover up the fact that the numbers don't work. So that's where we are. Now, Christian, I'm going to turn back to you because I don't know if it's still there or not, but there used to be this deficit clock in Times Square in New York, right? <laughs> and it was going to little, right? And it was running the national deficit. And like if you stood there for more than 30 seconds, you'd get vertigo, right? And on the flip side, it just keeps, that was like decades ago, right? It just keeps running and the country keeps doing fine, right? Yeah. So as an average listener, I could imagine thinking, well, the tea just keeps running, right? We, we, yeah. we talk about this, we talk about this, we talk about this, and the tea keeps running. Yep. So why now are we suddenly all going, ah! yeah. right? What's well, the deal? Well, the federal government can print its own money, right? And the MBTA can't do that. The MBTA, at the end of the day, has to pay its workers. It has to pay construction workers to repair tracks. Uh, it has to pay its bills, and it can't just like create its own money the way the federal government can. Uh, and historically, the MBTA has relied on uh, a portion of the state sales tax that was sort of set up back in the year 2000, where there was a dedicated portion of the state sales tax uh, set aside for the T, and this was supposed to be the major source of subsidy going forward. Yeah. That sales tax, that slice of the sales tax, doesn't apply, apply to meals. So the state expected, lawmakers expected that would grow 6 to 8% every year. The uh, amount of over, money over would grow. Yeah, exactly. Got which it. would cover inflation and cover the T's increasing operating expenses as more service got added. The actual growth in the sales tax revenue has been more like 2%. So it hasn't even kept pace with inflation. So the amount of money that the T in real terms, inflation-adjusted terms, the amount of money that the T's getting from the sales tax today is actually less than it was 23 years ago when this was first set up. So that's one big problem. And the other big problem is the pandemic put a huge dent in ridership um, and uh, fair revenues historically covered about 20% of, of the T's budget, and that's gone way, way down. So when you combine those two factors, plus the fact that expenses are going up because workers are more expensive, we're trying to add more service, things like South Coast Rail, the Green Line Extension, the T's added all these projects, and also has had to take on this debt from the big dig, which has been very, very substantial. Uh, all these factors are really coming to a head right now as we emerge from the pandemic. Okay, so we're in now the how we got here part. And mm -hmm. you've said a couple of things there, and I'm going to flag um, two of them, the sales tax in 2000 and the big dig debt, because those are the next two things we're going to do, because this gets super interesting. And let me just say for listeners, I thought I knew. I thought I understood <laughs> it. Like we've done other segments on the T budget, and there was new stuff I learned for today that that I didn't know and understand. And so those are the next two things we're going to do, right? So we're going to do the 2000 thing with you, Jared, and then we're going to do the big dig thing with you, Susanna. So here we go. Now, <laughs> I didn't really understand, Jared Johnson, that until 2000, the way it worked was the T chugged along, and at the end of the year, the legislature just paid for it. Just send them a bill. Right. Just like, okay, so here's the bill. We pay. Whatever it was, then we allocate the money, we pay for it. And then in 2000... Everything changed, and the state decided what we're going to do is sort of give the T a budget and a source to pay for it, which is the sales tax thing, and now it's on you, T. And everything changed because the legislature didn't plan right. Is right. that basically right? Yeah, or at least they were uh, particularly optimistic. You know, the, the estimates <laughs> were that the, uh, the sales tax would grow about, you know, eight and a half to six uh, percent and yeah, as Christian said, it it, it grew significantly less than that, about uh, two point two, and so that that means that there is somewhere between a 
8.9 to 15.5 billion dollar um, you know gap that that's that's money that the T would have gotten had the sales tax projections you know reached their their initial uh, estimates and so that's a that's a that's a big deal so this is like okay your kids living at home you pay for your kids expenses now your kid moves out and you say i, I am pushing you out of the house mm-hmm. you don't have a job yet but here's how much money I'm going to give you, except that I underestimate what it costs to live in Boston by 40%. Right. Or I'm, I'm going to give you, I'm just going to set up an automatic you know, draft, um, and I think that, that the interest rate is going to be such, and so this is how much money you're going to get. But, you know, it, it, didn't, it that didn't. didn't come to pass. Um, right. And so, yeah, there's, so that, that has, that I think that's a significant uh, issue. And, the, you know, folks have been flagging this around the country that, you know, the T is not the only agency that, that funds its its operating uh, dollars out of out of sales tax, and folks have been flagging that this is perhaps not the best way uh, to to fund something that is you know that, that you really need a stable amount every year, right? You know, sales tax revenues can go up and down depending on the the economy, right. and so and you know, in this case, it's it is specifically that you know the sales tax has not gone up with inflation, but the T's costs have, right? You know, that whether that is um, the the construction materials or whether that is staff, you know, that has gone up with inflation while the, the, the sales tax revenue has been, you know, only a little bit better than flat. Well, all kinds of revenues can go up and down. I mean, we were just speaking with Governor Healy recently about the fact that the state didn't predict right revenues overall and for six months running collected less than it thought it was going to. And the governor had to make all kinds of cuts based on that. So, I mean... We know that to be true just here in the state in the last six months, right? Absolutely. Okay, so that was one piece that Christian Milneal set up for us about how we got here. And then the other one, uh, Susanna Bomi, was this big dig debt thing, right? Which is kind of interesting because, yes, it came from the big dig, but it wasn't like it paid for the Rose Kennedy Greenway and now the T's paying for it. It's a little more complicated, but it's also a huge chunk of change. So can you give us sort of the... My eyes won't cross rundown <laughs> on that. Yeah, I mean, this was related to um, some mitigation projects related to the okay. Big Dig. What is a mitigation a project? A mitigation project is we knew that the Big Dig had um, in, big impacts on um, the environment and the, the air quality and the built environment of Boston. So a settlement to sort of offset that required the MBTA to... Um, required MBTA service to to mitigate, to make up for that, right? Got to offset it. Exactly. Got it. So the bill for that um, got added to the MBTA debt um, at the same time, right, that we were switching over to the new (laughs) financing (laughs) model. Oh, by the way. Also this. Uh, By the way. So you get this very... Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> difficult situation. That where on the so one tough. hand, right, the MBTA is being told you need to operate like a business, and here's your revenue sources, sales tax and fare, make it work, right? Um, instead of thinking about the MBTA as part of a broader transportation ecosystem, a broader set of public services um, that's intimately tied to the well-being of the Commonwealth, right? Um, so. The T ends up with a limited set of revenues, but a big and growing um, amount of debt. And the kicker is, right, that that debt is paid out of the operating budget. So um, the fares that riders pay, the sales tax that we all pay when we go out and make purchases, um, 
a lot of that gets siphoned right into paying off that debt. And I think it's worth noting that a, that a little less than half of those debt payments are interest payments, right? Wow. So that's profit for um, investors, yes. uh, corporate investors, wealthy people who hold uh, the MBTA. But that debt. means you're not paying down much principal either. You're not paying down much principal and you're I mean, your basically, mortgage basically isn't really getting that much smaller yeah, yeah. when you're making your mortgage payments. Yeah, and I would just, you know, even just add on to that, too, that, you know, some of the projects were were, were things that, that the T would have, would have, you know, done anyway. Like, you know, some of it went towards the red line vehicles or went towards, um, you know, uh, the green line extension projects that, that I think there's a, you know, broad agreement on and are going to have high ridership. But some of the some of the projects were maybe projects that the T might not have done or might have might have asked for, a, you know, more sources. And so some of them have been for, you know, some commuter rail extensions that, you know, today don't see a, a huge amount of ridership. And so what that has meant is not only are we talking about the debt service and and just this additional debt on the T, but we're also talking about increasing the T's operating costs um, and and not always having a, a huge return in fares. I mean, one of them is, you know, the the the, the parking garage at, at the Salem commuter rail station, which is, you know, not, you, you know, which is rarely, if ever, filled to capacity. So that's the other part is that, you know, some of these mitigation projects, you know, folks say, well, you know, this is, these are projects for the T and that that's true, but some of them were <laughs> probably not, not projects the stuff that the T would, would have done. Yep. Yep. And Susanna Bomi, now we're looking still at more than a half a billion dollars in the principal that yep. the T, and then there's interest that you got to pay on that, just like on a mortgage. Exactly. So that's a lot. It's a lot. It's okay. a lot. All right. So let's turn back to Christian Mill Neal then. All right. So now, so here's how we got here, mm-hmm. right? And and you've already established for us that then the, the pandemic makes it worse because some portion, and it was usually what, around 35% of the T's revenues or the money the T got in to pay for itself because after the after 2000, mm-hmm. we decided the T was going to pay for itself, mm-hmm. right? That was fares, mm-hmm. right? Right drops off. Uh, now, mostly the commuter rail has come back more strongly than some of the other mm-hmm. uh, services, but it doesn't look like that's ever really coming back. It's That's a big unknown, but okay. it's definitely, you know, that's those are, are, we can't count on that revenue anymore. And it, as you said, it went through from being about covering about a third of the T's budget. Right now it's covering about a fifth. Okay. And uh, that was mostly, that is mostly operating budget, day-to-day expenses yes, exactly. that the revenues yes. pay for. Okay, so then Governor Healy at the State of the Commonwealth Address says uh, that the, the state's going to do this. We'll double our support for MBTA operations and tackle deferred maintenance so that we can build a system that is worthy of our economy. Okay, deferred maintenance is a fancy way to say fix stuff we should have fixed mm-hmm. and we didn't because we put it off, right? Right. Um, uh, but you have written saying, well, it's doubling a piece of the yeah. operating budget, yeah. but not like the whole thing. Yeah, when she said that in the state of Co- the Commonwealth, uh, you know, a lot of people heard that and thought, wow, she's going to double the T's budget uh, of, you know, $2.7 billion? No, no, no. <laughs> she was going to double a very small portion of the state's support. So, you know, most of the T's budget does come from state taxpayers. Uh, the sales tax is the big one, but also, you know, every budget for the past few years has uh, set aside some additional what's called contract assistance that basically fills in, uh, has been filling up parts of the deficit. And it turns out, uh, you know, that covers about 5% of the T's budget. And that's the piece that 
uh, Governor Healy was actually talking about okay. doubling. So, so doubling a piece that is about five percent of doubling the a very small piece, and which is towards goodness, but just not enough goodness. Not enough to fill in the deficit. Yeah. Okay, so we're speaking with Christian Milneal, Susanna um, Bomi, and Jared Johnson. We are looking at this moment when. No one can put off basically anymore the 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 structural problems, the the fact that the numbers don't work right now for the MBTA uh, and what we're going to do about it. And the way it plays out in our lives is everything from the slow zones that uh, MBTA general manager filling is having to deal with by pulling trains offline and putting you on buses, right, all over the place for the next year, to dreams. Dreams like electrified buses and faster trains and state-of-the-art blah, 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 right? All of the above. Um, So now you get to, okay, so now what, right? And I have a couple of sort of lightning round questions, and I'll (laughs) I'll come down the line for you. Uh, And Jared Johnson, I'll start with you. And I'm not going to do a huge explanation for listeners on this, but I'm going to do a small explanation. The T has started a huge project that's worth nearly a billion dollars to replace its fare system. Um, And that should be fancy, and yet it's going to cost a billion dollars nearly. Will it help? Good enough idea or not? I think it can help. Okay. I think if, if done if done the right way, it 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 can. Okay. Uh, but I think there's some big policy questions that the T has got to has got to answer. Okay. Do the two of you agree, Susanna? Well, I think this the fair transformation project is actually already turning out to be a classic example of a failed privatization project. Okay. Um, it's already been renegotiated. The bill's nine hundred and thirty five million dollars, so almost a billion. And we did the math, and it's about almost three hundred million of that that just goes to corporate profit and overhead alone. Okay, so, so you're not loving it, not loving Christian. It. Anything that you want to add to that? Yeah, it's a, it's going to be a very expensive capital project. So it's adding to the T's debt for the long term, and it's also you know fair collecting costs a lot of money. It costs money for the T to collect all that spare change and like run those transactions and run those machines. So you know. As it is, fares can't really cover much of the T's budget. So changing the fare system is is really not going to have a big impact. Okay. So next, uh, from a financial pl- pres- blah, blah, blah. financial perspective, exclusively low income and free fare mm-hmm. projects overall, towards financial health or no? Uh, Susanna first. Yeah, it's going to fix the moral compass of the MBTA budget um, by allowing, um, by relying less, funding it less on the backs of working people. So you like the moral dimensions of it. I noticed you used that word, not the financial (laughs) dimension, but duly noted, Christian. Yeah, I think a lot of these questions uh, are around, you know, historically, we've thought about the T as a business that should pay its own for its, its own way. And things like low income fare are really thinking about the T as a public service that provides transportation services that are necessary for a lot of for the economy to function. So again, if you think about it from the financial point of view, it's expensive. But if you think about it in terms of getting people to work efficiently uh, and safely, then from a, a public service point of view, uh, then it makes total sense. Okay, so I'm not even going to ask you that one, Jared Johnson, because <laughs> Christian just put the big question in the middle of the table. And in our remaining time, I'm going to serve it up and I'm going to let you hit the ball, right. right? Does that mean that we just have this set up wrong? Do we have the finances of the MBTA? Did we just do it wrong in 2000? Do we just have this set up wrong? 
Yes, I mean, I, I I do think relying on the sales tax. Yes, that 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 was that was the wrong that was the wrong thing to do. I think the larger question about fares um, and and sort of relying on fair revenue is a more complicated one. But I would say, I would say things like low income fares are are you know incredible and like an un, unmitigated good. I think my my thinking is you know on the question of you know should should the T be relying on fair revenue? I think. The the T is different than a lot of other American transit agencies and um, some agencies that are that are thinking, well, should we just do, you know, no fares? The Boston has quite a few wealthy people and quite a few wealthy people that ride transit. I I think that they should pay. Um and I, I think that that having them pay allows us to think about how we can have, you know, not only low income fares, but even potentially free fares uh, for low income folks so that they're not shouldering that burden. But I do think it's a it's a complicated question. I think there are there are good things. You know, there are there are definitely you know good things we've seen from some of the free fare pilots. However, I will say though, there's not a world class transit agency um, anywhere in the world that doesn't you know have fares um, making up a pretty substantial amount. Jared Johnson took that last word. Jared Johnson of Transit Matters, Christian Milneal of Streets Blog Mass, and Susanna Bomi of Community Labor United. This is great. I learned a ton again. Thank you to all three of you. Thanks for having us. Thanks. Great to be here. Thank you.